What's happening? Scott Van Pelt here, filling the void, the dearth, the paucity of podcasts about sports that exist. I am here to fill them with SV Pod. We'll be talking about LSU, the remarkable accomplishments from last night. Um, we got some lines in the water for some big time guests because obviously, I mean, you know, I've been at it a while. Know a few people. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. I uh, drop a little name on you too. Let's see who should we get on? Like an A list movie star, maybe one of the most famous athletes in the world. Sure, uh, whatever, man. We'll see. We'll see what uh, what pops up. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, it's just the first one. You don't want you don't want to set too ambitious a pace. I think you need to set the expectations reasonably. Manage expectation. Under promise, over deliver. So, with that in mind, the SV Pod is here, and we're presented by DraftKings. And I want to thank my friends at DraftKings for making me feel right at home. As longtime supporters of mine, I can't think of a better partner to have as a presenting sponsor for the new show. And to kick off the new show, DraftKings is offering all new and existing users a deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. Draft your lineup. Feel the sweat like never before. Every run, every throw, every catch means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. You just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, that's important, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. If you can draft someone that, that puts up Joe Burrow national title game numbers, well, then you're going to be doing pretty well. Download the DraftKings app now. Use code SVP. For a limited time, both new and existing users get a deposit bonus up to 500 bucks on your next deposit. New users, be sure to enter code SVP during the sign-up. That's code SVP, and you can get a deposit bonus up to 500 bucks only at DraftKings. A minimum $5 deposit is required. The deposit bonus requires a 25 times play through. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And before we get started, if you like today's podcast, I recommend you check out the first draft podcast with Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. NFL Draft will be here before you know it. They've got everything you need to get ready for the draft. Download and subscribe to First Draft and the SV Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Shall we begin? I believe we shall. Off to a great start. Stanford Steve's supposed to be here. He's like, um, how do I describe him? I mean, you know what he is. He's Stanford Steve. When the, when the show started, when we started doing Sports Center, and I said Stanford Steve has to come along with, and he's he's going to be on the show. And they said, well, what's he going to do? And I said, I don't know. He's just going to be Stanford Steve. And they're like, well, what is that? And I'm, I I don't know what that is. He just is him. He's just this affable, loyal guy. It makes me feel better. His presence, I just need him. I need him there. He's my guy. I need to, I say something, he gives me a little positive feedback or he heckles me or whatever. I just, I need to have him around. So if we're going to do this podcast, I need Stan for Steve. All right, cool. So what are we going to do? We're going to do it on January the 14th. Great. Day after the title game, Steve will be here. Steve's not here. Not here. He's somewhere. White Plains, allegedly. Listen, let's be honest about travel out of New Orleans. I, I called McShay out on this. After LSU won the title game last night, I said, please tell me you don't have the, the 6 a.m. out of New Orleans because McShay's legendary for missing flights. And he just started laughing. He said, no, no, 5.50 p.m. And by the way, that's a missable flight from New Orleans, all right? You could miss a 5.50 p.m. on the back end of a New Orleans bender, all right? I've seen some things in that town. Maybe I'll share a story or two from New Orleans back in the day. Anyway, Steve, I, you know, travel, white plains. Allegedly. So Steve's not here, but that's all right. That's all right. I mean, I can I can soldier through for you, the listener out there. But as I mentioned, you know, we, we know a few people, been at this, I don't know, 20-odd years, met a few people from time to time, and I thought, you know what we'll do? You want to come out of the gates blazing. You want to get a big, 
a big guest so you can tell people, hey, ooh, look at this, look at this. This is the this is the kind of guest you're going to get on the SV pod. I don't know how about how about an A-lister? How about an A-list actor? Hollywood mogul. A guy with a film to promote so he'll probably come on, right? I mean, it's kind of like the kind of like the perfect storm. He he benefits, you benefit. So we got McConaughey. We got is he Matthew's there? Matthew, what's up, man? Van Pelt, got your invite to be on the podcast. Thanks, bud, but I'm not going to be able to make it. I've got some real business to tend to. I'm down here in Antarctica promoting my new film, The Gentleman, which comes out in the United States January the 24th. I'm sure you understand as you're well-versed in how important Antarctica is to the success of my film. Major, major, major market down here. Yeah, I got to be here. Can't be there with you on your podcast. I'm sure you understand. Good luck. Yeah. Antarctica. I mean, it's a global endeavor. You know, people, everybody, there's theaters. I don't know if they got the Cineplex Odeons there, the Bowtie Theaters or whatever the hell they're called. I mean, it's probably streaming down there, if anything. I. But, I mean, I get it. You know, guy's busy. He's got to do some stuff. So so I guess that's a no from, uh, from McConaughey. But, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to have to go this route this early. Um but I mean, it's it's the first first podcast, so maybe I mean maybe you go to the absolute top of the food chain just to just to flex, just to stun on people and let you know, you know, I could probably get a call back, maybe have a little chit chat with uh, I don't know, guy that won the Masters. How did that strike you, Tiger Woods? T.W. Hey, FCT. Um, I'd love to help, but it's a big short game day, and uh, if you remember. Your last podcast and it called me out of the blue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so with that in mind, I'm going to give it a pass, and I will see you at Augusta. Out. All right, so we're 0 for 2. 0 for 2. We got McConaughey's in Antarctica. Tigers got uh, got short game. And, yeah, I, I did I did call from that, that other podcast. Well, I mean, that's the biggest cat. We could call Big Cat. They, I mean, they, they got the biggest podcast going. Him and PFT. Huh? Pardon my take. I've been on their show a few times. I mean, maybe, maybe we could get, maybe we could get Big Cat to uh, stop in. Although the last, at last check, um, I believe the quote with Joe Burrow was, "I'm still f-ed up," which happens again. It's New Orleans, but I mean, I see, uh, I see, I got a message here from Big Cat. Let's see if, let's see if he's ready to stop in and say hello. Hey, it's Barstool uh, Big Cat. He shared a brief but exceptionally meaningful interview in a van a couple of years ago. I'm sure you he remember it. Or maybe maybe you don't. I just wanted to touch base. Figured sending text gets real old and tedious with the typing and whatnot. It really is just easy to call and leave a rambling message half drunk in the New Orleans airport after the national championship game. Which I'm great at. Yep. Um, enjoyed meeting you. I knew as soon as the interview with Danny Wood had ended, we'd probably not be doing that again. As a veteran of many television shows, you have your crew of people, a bunch of loose tracks, somebody going someplace else, and you're never going to see them again. And that's how that went. Understood. But for what it's worth, you did pass everything on my checklist. Oh, here we go. Hold, hold on. Hold on. We're going to put a pause there. He's This is virtuoso Big Cat right here. 
By the 2006 jokes, yes, but virtuoso Big Cat. Let us, I'll hit play on the message. We, I believe he was in the middle of the checklist. Sorry, Big Cat. I have a very lengthy checklist, and any one strike would be out. As if I really shouldn't even have a checklist. I mean, at this point, I probably should talk to any sports guy. That isn't, I mean, have a crippling love for mediocre Maryland basketball. You have four limbs and have a basketball program. I probably ought to be like real, like signing up. But I do have a checklist, and as I recall, we're passing everything on it. So with that in mind, I don't ever see you again. If you got plans or whatever, I'll be happy to fly down to D.C. for your new show, take you out to a sports game with a civilized human being, hang out with Stanford Steve. I don't know. Just let me know. So hopefully we can catch up again. If I ever beat this hangover in New Orleans that I'm battling with every last piece of my body, if not, it was a pleasure to meet you. Take care. See ya. That's bra- that's that's the bravo right there. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. McConaughey, Tiger, shut me down. Big Cat heckles me with 2006 voicemail jokes, which we covered on this podcast. <laughs> What's the chances that Steve is with Big Cat right now? Really good. Really good. The whole thing's it's all a lie. Like he's probably not he's probably not in White Plains. He's probably with Big Cat. They're at walk-ons in Baton Rouge probably. Yeah, could be. Shout out to Brandon Landry, our friend down there at Walk-Ons. Go down there and, and Baton Rouge will take good care of you. Um, so, yeah, that's just sort of the bit out of the gates here. We figured we'd drop a little McConaughey Tiger, and then Big Cat took it, as I would expect, to 11. Just napalms everything with the voicemail checklist. But we will have guests from time to time. And actually, we do have a big guest, a real one, coming in a bit with some thoughts on the move to dc we we shared that news last week we'll be uh, heading down to dc for football season next year to do sports center excited about that but as we begin the podcast let's let's pick things up where big cat is down in new orleans uh, where he was wrecked last night and clemson after a great start they got wrecked like everybody else who's played lsu this year and i don't know if it's the greatest team there's ever been we're we're terrible at this we're terrible in in the in the short-term window, to be reasonable about what we've seen. But what we saw, the list of things on their checklist, play the top four teams in the preseason rankings, one through four, beat them all. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. I said Ohio State on SportsCenter. That did not make the Ohio State people happy. But you guys are reasonable folks. Um, Your producer is a high state grad, but yeah. keep going. Well, whatever. You guys need to calm the bleep down. My God. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma, they beat them. They were the top four in the preseason rankings, and they beat them by an average of 21 points. Now, if you look at the preseason rankings, you want to say, well, maybe teams were overrated. Well, two of them made the playoff, and Georgia made the SEC title game. So they beat the preseason top four. If you'd rather go off of the rankings at the end of the year based on what you showed you were, and that I prefer that because you've demonstrated that you're a top 10 team, then it's better to judge you in January. Well, they beat five of the top eight, Clemson, Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma, Alabama, five of the top eight. And since LSU occupies one of the top eight spots, really they beat five of the top seven. They also beat Auburn and Texas. They finished ranked 14th and 25. They beat seven of the final top 25 teams in the rankings. They scored 728 points. Nobody's ever scored more points than that. Not never. 728. 
They won the Heisman. They won the Bolitnikoff. They won the Thorpe. They won the Joe Moore. That's for the offensive line. Coach of the year. Go Tigers. The Broyles Award. Best assistant. Joe Brady. Breaking news. Adam Schefter. He's going to Carolina. So much for he's staying at LSU. 30-year-old wins a title, Joe Burrow. And I'm out. Sexual chocolate. And we walks off the stage. They played against the number one defense in Clemson. They hung 628 yards on them. They scored 42 and they quit trying at the end. That's what they did this year. Beat the top four preseason. Beat five of the top eight at the end of the year. All of the awards, all the records, the points. Burrow had 60 touchdown passes. 60. So where's that leave them in the grand scheme? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I know that for what football is right now and the incredibly high level that you've got to compete at to beat the people that are in the same end of the deep, deep, deep part of the pool. And Ohio State's there too. And Alabama's there. You know who they are, Clemson. I got a thought on them in a minute. Like to beat them, to beat all those people, then you gotta you gotta have a place among the all timers. And the numbers say we're above everybody else. But I I think it's reasonable to wait a while before you go handing out banners that say, here's what they are. But that was a hell of a season that they just had. And at the end of it, I'm left with one gnawing thought. Rockhold, you'll like this. Maybe you won't. I'm left with one gnawing thought. I wanted to see him play Ohio State. That's the game I wanted to see. I wanted to see LSU-Ohio State. Because I thought Ohio State was was either the first or second best team to LSU during the regular season. I thought LSU's regular season resume should put him at one. The problem is whoever was two was going to have to play Clemson. Although when LSU played Clemson, they didn't have much of a problem. They just beat him by 17. We know that Ohio State lost that game. We know that the officials were not your friend in that game. I said on SportsCenter, I'll say it again, that touchdown overturn was garbage. That was a catch. That should have been a touchdown. But Ohio State fans have a really difficult time ever really owning losses. It's not your strength. You mean Ohio State fans have problems with the media and grasping and understanding losses? I've never heard that theory before. You want to argue me? You want to, no, you no. want to fight me on this? I, you no, to, I agree with you. Want you want to die on this hill? I'm being sarcastic. My favorite thing at the Maryland-Ohio State basketball game last week was the number of Ohio State people who came up to me and said, hey, man, we're not all like that. And I said, no, of course you're not because we're face-to-face. And I've, I've never met people face-to-face from any fan base that are anything other than kind and, a, and just good folks that want to talk sports. And, yeah, we talked about that title game. And I said, yeah, you guys got you guys got screwed out of seven points, I think. But you want to know what? You were the best red zone offense in the country this year scoring touchdowns. And three times you got inside the 10 and scored field goals. That's 12 points. That's a lot of money you left on the table, man. You have to address the role that your team played in it. But they won't. The, they being the people on the Internet that get mad and just yell. And Ohio State fans, you have a greater ratio of people that do that than any other fan base. Because your fan base is so massive. But please... As you're angry, hear me say to you, I think that you and LSU were the two best teams this year, and I wished I'd have seen that game. I really wished I'd have seen it. We probably disagree on the outcome. I think LSU, again, they played the same Clemson team you played. The difference is they scored touchdowns when they got there close. They didn't settle for field goals. And that's why ultimately they won by 17. They also had a home game. You know, They had a home game in an incredible town that's been incredible to them. So salute to LSU. You demonstrated you were one of the all-time greats. Brady's 60 touchdowns, insane. Beating the top four preseason, beating five of the final eight in the rankings. 
the records, the awards, all of it's astounding. All of it. And I love Burrow. Like, I love him. He's the cockiest dude walking the planet. But the beauty, like, arrogance never troubles me if it's justified. You back it up, and you want to walk around like that, you've earned the right to walk around like that. He also walks around in a SpongeBob shirt going into the game. I saw him in a hat Which afterwards is- that, said, that said Big <laughs> Joe. He's the best. We got a couple beeps here. We got one beep early. We got that beep there. Um, and you know what? The way you played, you, you can wear that hat, Joe. Yes, you can. 60 touchdowns, the Heisman, the title, wear that hat. I was genuinely happy last night for Coach O. Ed Ogeron has been a fixture in college football for years. He's been a ball coach. They gave him the head gig down in Oxford at Ole Miss, and he got laughed at. He was in TV commercials with that Cajun accent, and people are like, look at this dude. He's a cartoon character. He's chugging Red Bull. He's ripping his shirt off. He's nuts. They go 0-8 in the SEC, 3-9 in 2007. He gets fired. He becomes the coach at USC. He's one of the best D-line coaches there's ever been. Everywhere he goes, his players love him. He becomes the interim head coach. In 2013, they beat Stanford. All his players wanted him to get the gig, but there's no way you can make that guy your CEO. He can't be the front-facing representative of your university. So he doesn't get the job there. And he gets to gets to LSU. And then when they run Coach Miles out of LSU, he's again the interim. And again, around college football, like go back and look. Internet, the Internet keeps its receipts, as we learned with Big Cat. And the virtuoso voicemail message. The internet keeps its receipts. So go back and look at what people are saying about the Orgeron hire when he became the coach at LSU. There was a camp that thought LSU really wanted Tom Herman, that they were going to pay whatever it took to get him. Ultimately, they didn't get him. Texas did. And LSU got the perfect guy because it's the perfect place. I said on SportsCenter the other night that, that people from Louisiana, they're not from there, they're of there. It's like they grow up out of the soil out of the swamps in the bayou. They're a different breed, man, and I love them. They're they're authentic. They are proud of who they are. They're proud of where they're from. And Coach O is one of you. And he represents every parish, every every dirt road, everybody. As Coach Herm Edwards would always tell me about the kind of players you got to recruit, he said, you got to recruit guys that don't have a mailbox. All right? Guys out there that don't have mailboxes. He represents you, too. He's proud to represent what he calls the great state of Louisiana. And he was the perfect guy to be your coach. And he got the perfect guy in Joe Burrow with the perfect assistant in Joe Brady to run this offense this year. And maybe this year was a perfect storm. Maybe this is a one-off. Maybe it is. But here's the thing. If it is, so what? Coach O is a legend forever in Louisiana for this year. Forever. Went to Tuscaloosa, beat Alabama. Won the title in New Orleans. Burrow's a legend forever, sure. He's going to go on to be the number one pick in whatever his NFL career is, whether it be great or not. He'll be a legend, sure. But Coach O's a legend in Louisiana forever for this year. And when he came on SportsCenter last night with me, Monday night after winning the title, in a town that's built for a celebration, I was curious how he intended to celebrate. 
You know, we're gonna go back to it. We got a nice suite. I got, I got Kelly and my three boys with me. Uh-huh. We're probably gonna get a ham sandwich or maybe some boot down or something. Go to bed and wake <laughs> up tomorrow and do it again. <laughs> Come on, coach. A ham sandwich. You just won the national title. They haven't lost in two years, for yeah. God's sakes. You gotta at least find a gas station yeah. that's got some chicken on a stick. Some, give me something, man. You yeah. Got, hey, you we can... may find that, uh, but it would be good. But we just simple folks. We love our life. I love my family. Uh, my personal time with them is going to be, uh, we don't go out. We don't do things like that. I got and, you. Uh, we represent the state of Louisiana, so we, we're excited. How great is that? How perfect is that? A ham sandwich and some boudin. Now, the chicken on a stick thing is when he was at Ole Miss, he said there was a gas station where he used to get chicken on a stick, which is, if you're not from the South, the idea of going to a gas station and eating chicken off of a stick might seem repugnant. But if you're Coach O, it was on the list of possibilities last night, right there with ham sandwich and boudin. But as you said, I'm you know we're simple folks. We love our life. They represent the state of Louisiana, and I am genuinely, sincerely thrilled for him. After being the punchline, he said people make fun of the way I look, the way I talk. All you can do is salute the man for never changing, being who he is, and that it was good enough, more than good enough to be what they were this year, the best team in college football. Would have loved it if they played Ohio State. They didn't. They played Clemson. To Dabo Sweeney, I would say this. I feel like he handled himself with absolute class, beginning, during, and after. His teams won 69 out of 74 games, okay? They're the standard in college football. 69-5 and five, their last 74 games. They played in four playoff finals, four of the last five years. They bring back Lawrence. They bring back the best recruiting class in the country. They're going to keep cooking. Like, they're going to continue to be there. LSU, I, I don't know if they can be... The, the road's tougher in the SEC for sure. The ACC just don't have as many don't have as many obstacles. But Clemson has... They've earned what Dabo talked about this year. Benefit of the doubt. They, they've earned that now because that's what that program is. They're the standard in college football. 69-5. and five, five straight playoff appearances. Four in the final. They lost for the first time in 30 games. And they lost to this historic team in New Orleans. They just weren't enough to keep up with Joe Burrow. So sometimes you just lose. Like winning's hard. Winning's hard in anything. You know, Lamar Jackson has one bad playoff game. People, all the guys standing on the sidelines, see? See what? He had a bad playoff game. Hard to win. And Clemson has made us forget how hard it is to win. And um, they lost uh, the title on Monday night. But they've been a great team for, as I said, the past five years. Congrats to LSU. Congrats to Coach O. Congrats to Brady. Congrats to all the fine folks down there. I wish I'd have been there. But New Orleans is a tough town, man. Big Cat's still hung over. Stanford Steve, who knows? McShay booking 550 flights out of town. It takes me back to my Golf Channel days. Back to when I didn't have a nickel. I mean, I'm talking about broke as a joke. No money. None at all. But I was staying at that hotel right at the end of, uh, what is it, Poydras at the Hilton there, right there on the water. Got that riverboat. One night I decided I was going to, I was going to go do some gambling. I had that itch, needed to feel the felt. So I got a hundred bucks. Like I didn't have a hundred bucks. Okay. But I got, I got a hundred out. Probably put the balance at zero. I went down, I went to the casino and I was going to play some cards. Maybe I'd had a cocktail or two. Or eight. Or, you know, who's to say? Sat down at a table because there were the the $5 tables. 
$10 tables. They were all booked up. There was a $25 table and it was open. So I sat down with my 100 bucks, nervous as hell, probably incapacitated, thanks, plied with liquor. And I sat down and I played $25 hand. When you're playing at a table by yourself, the hands go rather quickly. It went one, two, three, four. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and get lost. Four hands lost 100 bucks. I swear to God it happened in, in, like, you know how fast they deal. Zing, ding, ding. Lose. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. They're good at math. Real good at math. They're also good at saying, take, take, take four chips, four green chips in the till. Stood up and I said, and back in when it was, it was probably 98-ish. I don't know. The, the, the joke was, the joke worked then. I might, be, I might be in trouble now. But I stood up and I said, should have got a hooker. Payne Stewart, the late great, was at another table, didn't look up, said, would have lasted about as long, but um bump And then I walked out, walked back. What do you do now? I don't have any money. I have no money to get drinks. I've just lost my hundred. Did you get a free drink while playing at the No, table? I didn't get a drink. It didn't last long enough. It was over. Four hands. Solo. It's horrible. That was the same week. I might have told this story on the air during the years. I'm telling it again. I had, I had been out again. The good part of this one night is that I, I I stumbled into a bar and I saw a band called the Flavor Kings. And they were funky. Not as good as seeing the Rebirth Brass Band at the Maple Leaf, which is a religious experience, but the Flavor Kings. I bought a CD. Like, that's what you used to do. Like, Or at least that's what I used to do when I was in New Orleans and didn't have the means to really take it into the adventurous part of the evening. Just go see a band, buy a CD. Came back again. I don't want to give people the impression I had a drinking problem, but that's a town where you can have a problem. And I was hungry, and so I opened up the uh, opened up the cabinet to the mini bar, and I got some cashews. I'm not a cashew eater, but I was that night, and I started eating me some cashews, and I was like, "This is pretty good." And then I took a look at the what does it cost, and I think it was like nine dollar cashews, for argument's sake. Whatever it was, it was more than I thought I wanted to pay. So, again, in a state of compromised sobriety, I thought, I'm not paying $9 for no cashews. So I dumped the cashews out, and I got a bunch of, like, toilet paper, and I wadded it up, and I put it in the middle of the can that I thought would feel like an appropriate weight, put the rest of the cashews back on the top, put the top on the cashews, thought, I'll just put this back in the mini bar, and they'll be none the wiser. I will not get nicked for that $9 cashew can. Came back from being out at the old uh, golf course. Used to be the Freeport McDermott, Freeport McMoran. It's been through many sponsors. Now it's a team event down there. No one cares. Come back. My hand of God, there's a there's a post-it note on the cashews. Cashews are on the table, and it said, nice try. <laughs> so I lost 100 bucks at the table. I got, got clipped 9 bucks for cashews. But I got a Flavor King CD. I wish I could find that. They were pretty funky. So that was Scott remembers his time in New Orleans. I've had many, many times since then that went much better than that. Let's pivot now, shall we, kids, to this. Uh, Some news last week, not the announcement of this podcast, which we're excited to do. But uh, the news that we'll be taking the show back to D.C. Um, And I say taking the show back to D.C. We've never been in D.C., but I'm taking myself back to D.C. I've been gone from there 25 years, left in 94 to go down when the Golf Channel started. So it's been a minute, as they say. But I was at the Emmys in New York City, and I saw Eric Rideholm, who's the executive producer of the show PTI. 
and they were nominated for uh, the best studio show, and they won it that night. And as I sat in the theater, something in my brain started rallying around, and I thought, you know what? Why couldn't I do the show out of that studio? I mean, there's a bunch of shows done from New York City, Lebitards in Miami, Neil and Stan. They're the anchors mostly out in Los Angeles. I mean, you can produce things there and, and have the content you know, be driven here. It's, it's not difficult. But, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what the what the issues are. I mean, logistics, all the rest. And would there be any pushback internally? And we had incredible conversations with the people that matter here, uh, names that you wouldn't necessarily know. I mean, if you read and follow media, you'd know the name Jimmy Pitaro, who's our president. It got all the way to him. And couldn't, have been, couldn't have been more understanding of why. And it's about family. It's about getting home. Mom's there. Her sister, my aunt, who's... 1A to my mom, incredibly close with me and my and my kids and, and, and friends and all the rest. And for my wife, who's from Florida, it'll make it easier to get to them and for them to get to us, etc. We're just we're on an island up here. And it's been it's been great, but home's home, man. And as you've heard me say a million times, everybody's from somewhere. I'm from there. And so the chance to get back home was this idea. And in order to find out if the idea made sense, I had to talk to my bosses. But before I even talked to them, I reached out to the folks from PTI because it's not a huge space. So I needed to know, like, can this work? Can I come down there? And if I if I do, am I disrupting your workflow and your space and the whole vibe that you've got? Because they've had it cooking down there for years. The last thing I want to do is be in the way or a problem or anything, inconvenience. But there was just really great feedback and really supportive feedback. Most importantly, from one of the hosts of PTI, who we could joke about guests we couldn't get. Tony, I don't know how much Tony does other podcasts. He's got his own. But he was gracious gracious enough uh, to stop by to talk with me about moving back home and what I needed to know. Uh, joining me on my very first podcast is Tony Kornheiser from Washington, D.C., host of the Tony Kornheiser Show, host of the Emmy Award-winning PTI. And, Tony, we're, we're about to be bunkies. We're about to be... Uh, office mates of sorts and i want to i want you to tell me the truth when i called you last man i asked if this happened would i in any way inconvenience you would me parachuting into your workspace in any way be a problem and you were you said no but now that it's going to happen is 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 that still the answer not only is it not a problem it's a godsend for us no we're happy i mean we you know we're here pretty much alone in washington i said well that's not true i mean a lot of shows are produced in washington but the physical making of the show is not necessarily in washington and we like you personally and and this is really good for us because we like the studios that we're in and then worse comes to worse every once in a while if mike and i are out we'll just lean on you to be half hey, of the pti show and that'll be great that's that's been that's agreed to i said yes they said would you do that and i said by all means cuz i did the i did the one episode and i was and it was so much fun and then i was hoping to do more but then i lived here and it was just it, it couldn't yeah, happen yeah it's hard to do like we've we've had people over the years sure look i think the strength of the show is when people sit together. Now, when Mike and I sit apart, it is still probably better than with two people sitting together because it's Mike's show and my show, and we know we know each other for forty years, and and we've, you know, we we understand that. Mm-hmm. But you know, Levitard used to do the show, and then he moved to Miami, 
Um, and Jason Whitlock used to do the show, and then he left town completely to work for another network. And we are sort of littered with people who we always liked, but for one reason or another, they could not get here and sit here. Um, Pablo did the show for a while, and then Pablo got his own show in New York. So the notion that every once in a while you could sit with one of us would actually make us very happy. And we- and me as well. And then the other part, of course, is to play golf. Right, exactly. I mean, it's your, it's your obligation to play with Mike and with me. Sure, I understand. And you, I, you have a you have a pretty good Rolodex of folks you play with. So I look forward to that. But I, I, yeah. I, I want to make certain of something though, because I was told I called Kelleher down there, and I said, now the space that seemed like there should be some space, as I recall, and he said yes, because I guess there's a new studio being constructed. But the, you're not in any way being kicked out of your space because of Van Pelt's coming, and we're elbowing you out because I. I will do nothing that will screw up the best show we do. No, no, we're being kicked out of our space to literally go across the studio Why? where they're where they're building the same studio only better, which is what everybody said. No, it's the same, it's only better, and they're building it across the just across the actual room. So the studio which we use now will be converted into the studio that you used. Now, this Ooh, is magic. What is above our protest, we're not protesting you being here. Uh-huh. We don't understand why we have to move for something that we've done for so long, but everybody assures us, Kelleher and Ridehome, assure us that technologically it's going to be easier for them and better for us, and we are... It is a move that is... Because we just measured it. It's like 16 feet... That's all it is. It's just across the space, and so this no, is, you're great. No, but this you're is great. Terrible. Look, this I'm, is t- I'm the biggest hate, complainer in the world. I know, and, and you I hate, hate you most hate people. Me. So I would tell you if I hated you. Well, I know you hate most people. I know you don't hate me, but I know you hate change, and I'm like that as yeah. well. You're change averse, and now they're cha- they're taking you out of this comfortable space and moving you to a new space. So already, I feel like you're predisposed to be maybe a little bit mad at me. Maybe you like no, you'll no, no, blame no, 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 no. I mean, no, I no, I'm right. mad at the people who made this decision. But when you say they're taking us from one space and moving us to another space right. we can not only see the space we can touch it it's just it's <laughs> not that far it's not that far i was told it was happening long before any possibilities yes. of us going down there was going to happen and so i thought okay well good I, because i'm sincere in what i'm saying the last thing i want to do as someone who needs things how he needs them to have you all have be in any way inconvenienced but i'm no uh, no, we're not. We're not inconvenienced. Okay. No, we're not inconvenienced. We're inconvenienced by snow and ice. We're not conven- inconvenienced by this. We are. I mean, me more than Mike. Mike is much more adaptable right. than I am. I have. We just did pictures on the new set. How'd that they go? They brought in a professional photographer to take our pictures, uh-huh. and I immediately complained about the chair that I was in. Right. And I and I said, just I'll move across the room, but just bring my chair the next time. You know, I mean, I'll do it. It looks. Pretty much the same. Honestly, it does. It looks pretty much. I just don't know why. I guess, you know, there's a there's a pile of money laying around somewhere mm-hmm. and they need to spend it. So they spend it on a studio, right. I guess. Why are you so, the way you are? I ask myself that all the time and I never have an answer for why I'm the way I am. Um, I'm just incredibly old and I've been pampered for a long time now. <laughs> so I am this way. Understood. Yeah. And you know what? When you print money the way your show does and you win awards, people will make excuses for poor behavior. That's how it goes. That's just. Oh, if people didn't watch, 
Oh, we'd yeah. have been canned a long time ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, People I just, still watch. It's amazing. Uh, they do. No, it isn't. It's not amazing. It's a great show. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm hoping that some of the mojo in the studio will seep into our, uh, into our show because we, I've, I've been nominated, never won. And I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. People say, oh, it doesn't matter. No one cares. It's an industry thing. Yeah, it, it kind of matters. It'd be nice to be able to plop one of those trophies on the old set the way you guys do. That's kind of fun. So, so this is, yeah, uh, we've been nominated a lot. Like almost every year, right. um, and and I say this with all sincerity, that it's great to be nominated. It really is. It's a great honor. Winning's better. <laughs> like, it's better. Of course, and it winning is. more than once, even better than that. <laughs> so like that's, you know, at my age, there's just not that much to look forward to. Right. So every time we win, that's good. What What are you going to do for an office? Where are you going to oh, set up oh, in all of you? our rooms here? Yeah, they didn't tell you that part. Uh, that's. Uh, uh, that, that's we're trying to figure that out because we need we you know, here's what I need uh, Tony I need I need uh, many monitors to to watch what's going on I want it to feel like a sports book in there and the way gam we may set up a shop I don't know we may set up a shop and and it could be like a speakeasy or maybe it'll be legal wagering I don't know but I need to be able to watch games because we need to have results on the show so I think they're coming down there to look to see if that can be done but again I don't want anything that's going to upset anyone's apple cart but I think we're oh, I, no no I I would imagine that they can find a space for you and they can put in five or six or eight monitors or whatever you want so there you go. so you watch that while sitting in your own room you don't sit on the set and watch that no. with a bunch of people no we sit no we have this we're we're sequestered in this like little fishbowl up here where we have our own little space away from pretty much everything and we because uh, we don't play well with others and we like our own space and we like to be left alone so we're watching and kind of trying to produce the show as we're seeing what's happening and what ought to be in the show etc so we need to be are able you to, gonna bring are you gonna bring people with you my guy Stanford Steve's coming he's coming and then the rest oh, good is, we don't know about the rest it's a, it's we're going to try to figure this out uh, not on the fly is not the right way to put it, but we don't know the answer yet. But as you know, things can be produced one place. The host can be someplace that can be produced here. A lot of the production, everything will be done from here, but the question will be how many people will be in the room with us, and that, that part I don't know yet. I think part of it is just figuring out how many could the, could the space accommodate you know, comfortably, so that's, that's being determined. Well, I can make a list of a bunch of people that work here that I'd gladly have kicked out. Oh, well, let, so let me know. Come in. All right, well, cool. <laughs> well, one of the really good things about about where we are, we're in the ABC News building on DeSale Street. Mm-hmm. We are right across the street from the Mayflower Hotel. So if there's snow or anything, right. you just go stay in the Mayflower Hotel. Mayflower Hotel's got a good bar. It's Hell got a yeah. good restaurant. It's right across the street, and it's so different from Bristol, like from, from the entire ESPN complex. It's No, this is this is Bright Lights Big City. You're going to like this. I'm excited. I just I do have one last thing, because I am, I am a creature habit, and I need to know where I'm going to eat at night. Are there, because D.C. shuts down, Tony. D.C.'s not a late-night town. I need to know if there's... When pl- do you eat? What time? I, I mean, you know, but sometime between seven and six and eight at some point, whenever the schedule allows. Like, I just want to know if there's things open because DC shuts wait, down. Wait, wait, between six and eight in the morning or six and eight no, at, at night? Night dinner time when I come in, I just grab a what bite. Are you nuts! I'm, the, the, the palm is two blocks away. What are you crazy? Oh, is it? You go to the palm every night. Oh my god! I'm going to get my this picture on the this, wall. You're not going. This isn't Bristol. You're not going to Dairy Queen. <laughs> are you nuts? 
You got the Mayflower across the street. Boom. You got the Palm two blocks away. You got Hell the Daily yeah. Grill two blocks away. Oh, my God. This is excellent. Expense accounts. You're going to get fat. I am going to get fat. Good. I'm going to you know, for you. I'm going to be fat and happy. Uh, I told you I, that, this is already well over the time I told you it would be. I, I just wanted to just tell you sincerely, uh, publicly, thank you for being as kind as you were about about uh, the possibility of us being there. And uh, happy, thrilled. I, I'm happy to sit in whenever somebody's not around, and I'm happy to play golf at your convenience because I played with you once. I was terrible, but I was like your muse, and you shot like 78. Yeah, it's great. I had the career round. That's never going to happen again because I'm much older now. And you're also welcome because everybody here, because of whatever reason, has no hair. So you're going to fit right in and feel good about yourself. And neither does Stanford Steve. Only bald people um, will yep. we'll be there in the summertime. I look forward to seeing you. I appreciate you, Tony. Continued good health and uh, continued success on the show. Even Tremendous, though you're Scotty. Tennessee. Anytime. All right, so that's the podcast. No Steve. Killing me. No McConaughey, no Tiger. Big Cat, you, 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 Joker, you. Thanks to Tony Kornheiser for stopping by and for being so gracious. Um, a supporter of mine and a friend, and uh, I do look forward to all the things that, that DC has in store for us. I look forward to uh, being with you. Tuesday nights is when we will plan to put these podcasts out. Schedule is, uh, I promise you this, it'll be more regular than the appearance on the last podcast that we had which only made it to a couple, which is a bummer because you guys really seem to dig it, and I did too. Uh, hopefully you'll be uh, equally as enthusiastic to support this. You know the drill. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. But again, yeah, plan on Tuesday nights. I'll be letting you know on Twitter, at NotTheFakeSVP, uh, when new uh, podcasts are coming out. But uh, the game plan for now is Tuesdays, and uh, that's what we'll be doing. Also, Sports Center. You can find me midnight Eastern on Sports Center there. Uh, Typically, and I mean, what's the schedule? You don't care. I'm either on or I'm not. How about that? I don't know. Check the DVR. There you go. DVR. You can re- you can re- uh, record our our series. Just specify the one with me, and then I don't even know how that works because sometimes I'm not there. I've become my grandpa. Like back in the day when the VCR would flash twelve o'clock. I, there's a lot of stuff I don't get, which is sad. It's sad to get old, but it beats the alternative. So, podcast Tuesday night SV Pod. Check it out. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, and that's that. Next time, hopefully, Steve will be here. We'll see you over on TV on SportsCenter, and uh, we'll see you back here next time. Be well. The SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports.